heaven? No. It's Iowa. Please input destination, navigator. No place to be but St. Paul, brother. Compliance. I will need the star charts in your brain to complete my mission. So you need me and my inferior brain to steer this podcast. Correction. I need the superior information in your inferior brain to steer this podcast. Downloading now. Ah, Skull Vikings! Who is Iowa? We in Iowa! Let's get some Hades pizza! Whoa! Whoa! I think I got some stuff out of your head that has nothing to do with navigating this ship. Wow, you sound just like a Minnesotan. No! Kirk Cousins will never win a Super Bowl! You have inferior fourth team, too dumb dork! Buttface! I know you have a lot of mine! I know you have a lot of mine! I know you have a lot of mine! I know you have- Up next is Flight of the Navigator on the Pot of Dreams. David? What time did you enter the woods? Around 8 o'clock. Then what happened? Then I reached this cliff. It's transmitting in alpha waves with complex frequency patterns in them. I, I know I fell. It's 1986, man. Eight years since that night. This is totally rad. I mean, you're my big little brother. Where did this come from? From the mind of a 12-year-old boy. He's hurt. He's calling me. His voice keeps calling, saying something over and over and over, but I can't understand very much. my mission. I have been sent from Baylon to borrow samples of life from different galaxies for study. On this planet, I chose you. Why me? Why not? Folks, hello, welcome to the Pod of Dreams. Today we are talking about Flight of the Navigator, uh, one of those movies that once ruled my movie world way back in the day. Eric, have you seen Flight of the Navigator before? Oh, absolutely. This was a uh, a big movie when I was a kid. I actually have an interesting story about this movie. I don't know if you you, you do your bit. I'll, I'll dive into it later. But no, it's yes, fine. I'm gonna yes out, this but... is a big part of my childhood. This okay, movie. so it, it was this movie that I, probably in the late 80s, early 90s, this is a movie I saw a bunch. I loved this movie a lot. But then it was one that just completely, like, I forgot about. It's not a movie I thought about as, like, a teenager in college. Just completely escaped my mind. Well, you couldn't find it anywhere unless no, you had, like, away. the tape right. or whatever, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it didn't get a DVD or Blu-ray remaster right. or anything like that. Um but it was one I don't remember anybody else hardly ever talking about. It just wasn't a movie that like resonated. And then I didn't, it just didn't come with me through the rest of my life. Like it was super huge when I was really young and then just didn't go anywhere. And it was one I saw like available on Disney plus. And I was like, Oh, Oh shit. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. And I just want an excuse to watch it and talk about it. I've, I'm just amazed like how much I used to watch this movie all the time, but how little I remember about it. So no, go with your story. Let's, let's hear your uh, Flight of the Navigator anecdote. Well, so this movie always kind of terrified me for one particular reason. Do sure. you know who Jacob Wetterling is? Yeah, I mean, I don't. I, I know it was a big deal in Minnesota that he's the kid that went missing. Um, yes, yeah. so he was 11 years old, almost the same age as the kid in this movie. He disappeared in like 89 so a few years after this movie came yeah, out three years yep but probably around. right around the time i saw this movie because i don't think i saw it in the theater 
And he was kidnapped. No one knew what happened to him. He just disappeared. This young boy looked almost exactly like the kid in this movie. Like they looked a very similar. And they never. It was his national story. It changed everything for like kids my age. Like you, you know about parents letting kids just run. Like in this movie, they just let him go. Go get your brother through the woods. Come home. Yeah, and it's a really creepy, weird forest. Yes. And, and that that sort of thing, like when I was a kid, that's how everybody was. But it changed when Wetterling was kidnapped and disappeared. Turns out later he he was murdered, and they buried some guy buried his bones, and it's really tragic. But it was like a huge news story, at least in Minnesota. It sounds like maybe you actually heard of nationally, but vaguely. I mean, I always been young. tainted this movie because in this movie he disappears and his family doesn't find him, and he comes back eight years later. Like it, so that was always a big part of. Flight of the Navigator for me is the story with the connection with Jacob Wetterling, but also it's it's this creepy ass movie though. Like there's some really creepy stuff about yeah. it. But um, you're you're older now. You're not a little kid. Um, you're not even a young man anymore. I would say. Did did that that tension hold up? Oh, I I thought I thought it was actually uh, much more dramatic then I remembered it like the, him coming home, like just sort of the Hitchcockian like twilight zone. Yeah, so, of like yeah, a well, kid coming back. And, yeah. Yeah. Let, but let's yes. just take a second. Let's, let's get there, but let's, let's take a step back. So this movie set in 86. We get a young kid who's well, set in 78. It's set in 78 came out yeah. in 86. And this kid who, who looks a lot like Henry Thomas um from et yeah yeah i mean he clearly is like they got this guy because he looked like the kid from et but there's even an et joke in the movie yeah and there's yeah there is and there's a lot of et in this movie i mean there's a lot of et's dna in this movie um but you got this kid he's just a normal schlubby it means a dork i'm just gonna say he's he's an uber dork which probably resonated with me when i was four i could relate to him being a dork um he was a little 12. pimp. He was a little pimp. He had Sarah Jessica Parker pimping on him. He had that well, we'll girl get there. She's the like, she hits on him. It's yeah, very it's weird. bizarre. A little weird. She little hits weird. on him, and I don't get that at all. But she kind of flirts with him. It's weird. She's m- much older than him. But anyway, yeah, he doesn't know how to talk to girls, and he whatever. He's got a little brother who's in the the little brother twerp phase, and that's fine. But he's he, you know, it's Fourth of July. His brother's at a friend's house, and then they want to him to go get his brother through the woods there's like a, the, the, this neighbor lives like a half mile away on the other side of this forest um so he goes to see his brother his brother scares him then he like sees his dog freak out about something and he goes to see and he falls into this little ravine and he wakes up basically right after and he goes back to his house but when he goes back to his house his family's not there it's just two random old people and it's clearly like traumatic. They play it just like a straight trauma. Like he goes around looking for his family. Well, he's and he crying. Says, Where's my mom? Cry. Where's my dad? Yeah, it's yeah. it's tragic. Like it's, what do you it's, think about? It's stressful. Um, as a parent, it's it's stressful. Um, but I remember as a kid, it was like, whoa, this is I can't. I don't know if I can handle this. Then, well, like, that, that's the yeah. thing. It, it, that tension really hit me as a little kid. Yeah. Like that was the scariest thing is being separated from your family right. when you're five or four or six. That really lands. Um, it doesn't land quite as much as a, uh, you know, as an older person. But that that really hit it. And then eventually he finds his parents, and we find out eight years has passed for him. It was like he just fell down and got right back up. But in that span, eight years is there. So his parents have aged. His little brother is now sixteen and older than him by four years. You know, all of his friends are in college, even though he's still twelve. Um, and they nobody knows why this is the case. Um, and the parents are clearly like traumatized as well. We find out his brother had to spend a lot of time putting up, you know, missing pictures uh, on on telephone poles. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's like really serious and straight. You, you, and, I know you explain it this way. It sounds like some dark drama. It's really not. It was I, I watched this on Disney Plus. Like it's this is a kids family sci-fi movie. But the way you explain it right there, it sounds like you're talking about literally like an episode of Twilight Zone. It kind of yeah, but then he gets reunited with his family, but then the government gets involved. We get that this is the scary government from ET, where the ominous government wants to, you know, do horrific things to you in the name of scientific discovery. Um, but yeah, I mean that that works really well as like a as a little kid plot point because that's really the tension in the movie. There's a lot more that happens, but he wants to get back to his family. He even though he lives with them, the this government. 
they they study his brain. There's weird stuff going on. Well, that on was it. the part. I, that was part rewatching that I I really didn't like. It's like okay, this kid is gone for eight years. Obviously, there's something crazy that happened, right? He's he's hasn't aged, and everybody else has. They they realize that there's something weird, and the NASA people come and they just hand him over, and that are was- like. The they're like, don't go with. They don't go with them. They exactly. just exactly had that exact same thought. Take my like, kid. I'm we haven't coming seen with him. you. Yeah. I haven't seen you for eight years. No, I, I, I if am. If you're taking with him, you. I am going there yeah. with him. Yeah, no I chance. I am absolutely not yeah. just letting him go for a 48 hour stint at some weird NASA place in Florida. Absolutely not. That was like, I, I, I get that it's the 80s, but that's that's beyond stupid. Like, stop, stop. Go with them. Either say flat out no, and the, and the they didn't do enough work to convince him. I mean, I just accept that he was convinced as a kid, but like the the evil scientist man shows up and then he also shows up with the doctor and the doctor's like, yeah, we can't do anything. You better just go with this NASA guy. Like, why is the doctor at their house? Yeah. I was like, he doesn't, shouldn't be there. Doesn't he have any, something better to do than be there in his lab coat and be like, oh, we can't do anything for you. But no, he's like, you should go with this NASA guy. And of course the 48 hour stint turns into longer, but at the same time we get, a, a, there's a, a spaceship is discovered somewhere else in Florida. Um, and it's very early CGI. And I have to say, I was impressed by how much the CGI held up. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not amazing, but you're like, this looks pretty good for the like steps. A- when the steps come down and then they materialize, I thought that was cool looking. And the fact yeah. that the thing's floating and they can push it. Like, oh, I, yeah, that was a great little it, scene. Yeah. yeah. They're like, how are we going to move this? And then the like guy who found it is like, check this out. And he just pushes it and it just floats along. Yeah. It just hovers. And it's a really clever design because it changes shape when it's flying, you know, across the earth. It changes to become more aerodynamic. Like, oh, that's cool. That makes sense. And it's kind of like, it's not quite Terminator 2, but a little bit of that similar, like you're seeing that metal kind of melt and reform and it looks pretty good. Um, but it turns out, we find out when he's at this NASA base, the scientist basically has all this information in his brain. Scientists are downloading it, and they discover that he was, I don't know, more than two years. It was like he traveled beyond the speed of light to some planet called Phalon. There's all this information in his brain. So science discover that aliens exist, that faster than light travel is possible, um, that there are you know, yeah, other life forms, and it's like this crazy discovery. So they want to keep David um, this is the main character's name. His name is David. You, you hear it a lot when you watch this movie. Um, but then uh, we find out that why he lost eight years. I didn't get this concept as a kid. I get it a little better now. It doesn't really make sense, but it works for the movie. It's the t- time dilation is what happened. So they literally, this alien took the kid, sent him to Phalon or whatever to get studied in some database and brought him back. In what was a couple of hours in terms of like David's life, but because they were traveling faster than light and things were not going relative or whatever, um, eight years passed on Earth. Yeah, it's happened. interstellar is the whole premise of that movie is based off of like this theory, the space time yeah. continuum or whatever. And it's the thing that really does happen. I mean, like people that spend a bunch of time in like the space station, they're like one tenth of a microsecond behind us. I mean, it's imperceptible. Um, but it's a real thing, but we don't know what happens if you travel faster than the speed of light. We don't, we're not even sure that that's possible, but anyway, so that's why eight years passed and that's why he didn't age. And that's why he looks the same. And they really do. I mean, it's, it's shocking how well they handle the trauma of him going to his old house and what the police do. Everybody's like doing stuff that makes sense until the parents give up the kid to creepy scientist man. Um, but then the, the ship crashed. So it needs these star charts in the kid's brain to figure out the course home because his brains got scrambled in the power lines. I didn't quite understand why it had a malfunction. Um, it leaked. It, it said, he kept saying it leaked out of him or something like that. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Something weird. I was like, uh, I would assume you could handle power lines. If you're yeah. super advanced technology, that, that wouldn't just cause your ship to short circuit, but whatever. I mean, it's, this is a kid's movie. Um, and, and we mentioned Sarah Jessica Parker before she, she is a NASA intern who I guess his job is to just feed people. Well, she picked up papers too. She was just like collecting stuff from room to room and then managing this robot. Oh, males, male, right. And the meals. Yeah. There's this hilarious eighties robot that has the the food in it. um, That brings him his meals. um, And she flirts with him. And I, they, they have a nice conversation about twisted sister, which was totally lost in me years ago, but she's really, she has purple hair and she kind of comes on. She calls him cute. 
comes on to him a little and bit. The girl's never said that to you before, has it? And like, yeah, my no, mom did. No, but that doesn't count, I don't think. He's a dweeb. He's like, yeah, that's wow. such a dork. Yeah, I know, he is a dweeb. It's like, oh, that's such a dorky thing. And I'm like, I also was like, kid, you should have, you really should have let, he, well, I guess he doesn't know that Nintendos exist. Because it's like, you should have asked for a Nintendo. Like, if you're going to be stuck there oh, yeah. in the room, like, be like, give me a freaking Nintendo. You can afford it. Just buy me a Nintendo. Yeah, but you're Nintendos exist. Yeah. It's like, I forgot, I like, he's been gone. So, like, goes from 78 to 86. Um, and he gets out using that robot. And I honestly, I mean, it was, it's a kid's movie idea, but, like, he sneaks out with his robot. He just crawls inside the robot. And everybody just left this, like, little, it's, I don't even know how to describe it. It's, I mean, it looks like a trash can with wheels, basically. Well, it's and, like one of those, they have them now, like the robot delivery things. It's basically that. It's like, you know, they were testing pizza delivery robots that would just drive to your house and drop off pizza. That's basically what it is. Sure. Sure. Um, but then he, he sneaks into this and they just let this robot roam NASA and they he gets to the room where the ship is and he this is where he's able to get inside and he's getting called Navigator. There's a, a sys, there's a, the AI that runs the ship. I mean, there's so many like, I like there are a lot of, I would almost call them like entry level sci-fi ideas, some like sci-fi start ideas because there's time dilation and, and time travel. Um, there's artificial intelligence. It has a really long name, but it's called Max and it's voiced by Paul Rubin, a.k.a. Pee Wee Herman. Um, at first, you can't really tell it's just kind of a robot voice, yeah. but later on, it goes full Pee Wee Herman. He just, the facade is gone. Um, well, and because, interesting, in the credits, it says his name is Paul Mall. Was it? that his, yeah, was that his real name or original name, or did he change it to that? Because it, it said Paul Mall. I was like, wait, I knew it's Paul Rubens. But, I, I didn't catch that. Yeah. I didn't miss. Oh, interesting. I have no idea about the the secret history of his last name if he changed it. Um, but yes, it's definitely Pee Wee Herman. Is like it is like yeah. by the end, like if you, I said, it couldn't. You kind of tell a little bit because is this? First, I don't remember this. The time when was Pee Wee's Playhouse? Is this like right before. around then? Okay, I think it was before. I want to say it was mid eighties. I could be wrong. It could have been eighty seven. When or is the but Burton Pee Wee movie? Is that that's after this then? I, well, I mean, we've got computers. Let's look it up. I. I want to. I mean, it's all around. I here. thought I you were to, a Pee Wee Herman historian. That's why. No, I, I watched I, the Pee Wee's Playhouse a ton as a kid. I love Pee Wee's Playhouse um, as a kid, and I, I've I've certainly seen the movie. I actually like the movie a lot. Um, the first one, I don't I don't know that I care much about Big Top Pee Wee. So '86 is actually like the same year. Same year, yeah. Uh, Pee-wee's Playhouse. Okay, so then the movie would have been after that um, at some point. So here, I mean, he wasn't really yet well known. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a character he developed in some other context b- before, like an improv character or something. But anyway, yeah, I mean, this is 86 to, eight to 90. So this is right around the time he was about to take over. But yeah, the once, world. once it downloads the maps, it really gets the Pee Wee personality. Like. Well, and, and that's where I wanted more of that. That to me was the real, the, that would be an interesting hook, right? So there's this AI that powers the ship and it collects life forms from all over the universe and takes samples of their DNA or whatever and takes it back to this home planet. Um, at first, it's very robotic, and it you know, says, like, compliance and is very formal and doesn't get nuanced. But he has to download all the information, and he uses that stupid trope where humans only use 10% of the brain. So for the reason, he downloaded all of the star charts into David's brain, which is what he's pulling off. It's dorky, but, you know, whatever. That's fine. It works for a kid's movie. He downloads David's brain and gets all of David's memories and personality traits. And that's when he goes full P.B. Herman, so he just, like, loses his mind. Um, that to me was the part where I was like, oh, that would have been if that's the hook of the movie, that sign me up. Like a That's what I remembered ca- most about it was Exactly, that. of course. Yeah. And then the little the little aliens on the ship, the little creatures. Oh, yeah. Like that's what I remembered thing. most about the movie. Yes, the weird little puppets, which is uh, the puppets are only there for like two minutes. Right. Other than that's the one what puppet. surprised me. It's like that's like towards the end of the movie that basically he sees these puppets, Pee Wee Herman arrives, and then he takes them home. And then that's like the I, I, I remember this movie as like him on this journey in the spaceship, but that's really not no, much of the movie. No, he doesn't get in the spaceship till halfway through. It's almost right. exactly 40, yeah. it's an hour and a half movie. About 45 minutes is when he first gets on the spaceship and he has to figure stuff out for a while. And the spaceship stuff is cool. I mean, he, he wants to go 20 miles away from the NASA base, so it goes straight up. That to me was a lot like Close Encounters. That, that, oh, there's that whole some Close Encounters. Like, oh, wow, they're oh, yeah. really riffing on that a bit. Oh, there's some Close Encounters there as well. Oh, yeah, definitely DNA of some other, and I would just say better movies here for sure. Uh, no, I, I thought that too. It's like, oh, yeah, that's that's definitely here. 
but yeah, I mean the, the part, but, but then the computer gets goofy and weird and does insane things for just like a little bit. It's not long. I wanted more of the super smart AI getting a 12 year old boy's brain for a little while and being wacky and weird. Cause it like, it insults that poor guy, big Al in Florida. Yeah, yeah. Hi, Blippo. Too many Twinkies. Ha ha ha. I mean, it does that. Jesus, like, that's a good Pee Wee Herman. You are really like, crushing the Pee Wee Herman today. It's like, oh my God, why, why, why are you doing this? I guess that's a mean 12 year old thing would say. Um, and then, I mean, he, you know, David gets to have his confidence. He gets to fly it, which is kind of insane, but I guess it's easy enough to fly. And he has to, he wants to get back home is the, the tension. Um, the other part that I liked is, you know, he, he's got a twerpy little brother and his parents says early on, he'll grow out of it someday. And, you know, he's like, I guess. And he gets to see his brother as a 16 year old and his brother is no longer a twerp and he's actually a nice dude. So he does get to see, Hey, someday. Yes. His brother will be not obnoxious. Um, but, I, I, I was just going to say, I did always, even when I was a kid, hate that the way that it ended there, like his his choice. So like he gets he finds his parents and somehow inexplicably the NASA people drive from Houston to Florida in the same time it takes him to ride this like interstellar spaceship to Florida, which always kind of uh, looking back on this. Oh, like, I how always the, assumed they how were in Florida did they get also. There? No, they They're were in Houston. The, oh, really? Actually, okay. I think they might have even been in California because – there's a, you know, Houston is where NASA is, but like there is a screenshot, I think, when, when the ship goes up in the air, it shows California, like the state image of it. So they actually get from California to Florida in one day, which is obviously impossible. Um, but yeah, so when he gets to this family, there's all this NASA there and the kid gets out and he's like, should I stay? And he, he's concerned that they're going to just use him as an experiment. And the, and the spaceship tells him that he can't go back in time because he could get vaporized. But then right. the he decides to go back. That was the part when I was a kid I hated that. I was like, well, what are you doing? You just found your family. Now are you going to go back? But, I mean, it makes sense in the, you know, in the story of the movie so he can get back to his real time. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I got it. I mean, yes. I mean, that's the thing. He gets back to his um, family. And uh, not Miami. What's it's what's the Fort Lauderdale, right? Fort Lauderdale. There we go. Fort Lauderdale. It's like what's the city right next to Miami? Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, it's, it's Fort Lauderdale, not Miami. He gets back there, and all the NASA people are waiting for him. Yeah, I mean that the, the it makes sense that he could travel that fast, but yeah, that everybody's there waiting for him, and he's. I mean, he's correct. He's not going to be able to have a normal life, even if he doesn't get experimented on. He's going to be this weird dude who lost eight years. Anybody ever knew him is. I mean, it's just going to be impossible to have a normal life. Everything's going to be goofy and weird. Would you, if you were in that position, would you get back on the ship and go back in time when the spaceship is telling you you're probably going to get vaporized or would you stay with your family? I was thinking like, man, why don't you just explore the cosmos or something? Like you could just go on an adventure in space and be like, all right, well. But then he would never see his family again. That's true. And that's, I mean, that's not, this is a kid's movie, so they're not going to make that choice. But that was in my brain. Like, oh, you're. You, you're on the coolest discovery in the like history of the human species, potentially. Like, this is nuts. Like, you're on this crazy ship that you can fly and you can see parts of the universe that no other person has seen. And he can also know. communicate with this spaceship, too, in a way that no human has ever been able to do. Right. So it's like, oh, man, that sounds really, really cool. Um, I mean, if you think about it, if he came back and you know, stayed with his family. Yes, he would probably be experimented on, but he would be one of the most famous people to ever live. Right. But he, he wanted a normal life. I mean, that's he would fine. prove yeah. that there exists life outside of earth. Like, no, it'd be amazing, but you, you would spend your life. Yeah. I mean, being tutored and being on, I a mean, should and, he had a little alien with him in his backpack. That's true. He's still, well, he still got to keep the alien. That's so true. He didn't have to give up the alien. We got, but I, I love, I don't know how often that happens in movies day, today. I love the, it's the reverse of it's all just a dream. It's like, it definitely wasn't a dream. Here's the evidence that it actually happened. He didn't just imagine the whole thing because he, he goes back in time. He chooses. He was like, I just want to live a normal life. That's what I want. That's what I, I did missed. think it was weird that they never had him change his clothes. Like the whole oh. time. It's that it, weird little dorky polo thing. Well, and it's because then it, it matches up when he goes back that he's wearing the same clothes. So you're like, oh, shit. Did he did none of this really happen? Did he just hit his head? You know what I mean? So then, then you're. It's that is was all this a dream? Did he imagine it all? So it, it works if he's wearing the same clothes. Cause otherwise, if he had been changed, his parents would be like, "Why are you wearing different clothes? This doesn't make any sense. What happened to you?" Right? Sure. It would have been 
That's why he didn't. Yeah, I mean, he he had. Did he change clothes at NASA? I don't think he ever changed clothes in the entire movie. I think he wore that polo and the jeans. Oh, he took his shirt off. Right there's one scene where the little boy has his shirt off, which I thought was weird. It was very uh, weird because yeah, yes. I thought he changed at some point because he can put like a curtain. Like he knows that there's one of those like one-way mirror things because there's these, these some of the most pathetic guard duty I've ever seen in yeah, a movie. Yeah. There's some really cut rates. Those guys are going to get fired. Yeah. yeah. Like there's a lot of failures. Those two dudes. And then the two guys uh, like who don't see him, he like walks up to the ship and they don't see him. Right. And the ship that like, <laughs> they're just not paying attention. Hey boss, what's going on? Oh, yeah, the kids in the spaceship. What what have you been doing? Why did yeah. you just sound there? I did like that they had to look at the manual. That a side note. I love yeah. they like they have to look at the manual for the proper protocol. They're like, oh, that that was a nice little small. Well, the one guys appreciate. are playing poker. That's why they missed it. They were. That's true. Um, but yeah, he he puts like curtains on, and um, changes clothes, and they like smirk at each other because I don't know. It, it was a very weird smirk. Yeah, yeah. Each other. Like, oh. like is that kid about to? I didn't know if they thought he was gonna jerk it. I don't know what they thought <laughs> was happening. Yeah, that's what they were like. Oh, we know what he's about to do. <laughs> I was twelve once too. Why would you? Like why me. would you look in on him at all? Like, why do you need a window with this little kid in his room? Like, that's hey, weird. he's like locked in this room. Yeah, yeah. what do you think he's gonna do? Uh, well, I guess maybe you know that your security guards. I mean, they're worthless anyway. What do you? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. It was very, very bizarre. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, it makes sense that, I mean, that's, that's what the whole, that's what the whole tension of the movie is. Despite all this like potentially amazing stuff, the whole tension is, Hey, um, <laughs> you know, he wants to get back to his family. That's it. That's all he wants. I mean, it's kind of also, I thought a little, I got a little slice of wizard of Oz too, a little bit like, okay. Yeah. There's all this crazy stuff happening, but I just want to go home. You know, there's no place like home. Um, I got, I got that vibe. So, I mean, it makes sense that he would, would risk it. I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, I guess if you're thinking you could possibly die, I mean, I don't think I really got the implication of that as a kid. I don't think I really understood, like, oh, his choices are go back in time and risk dying. I didn't really, like, fathom that. Um, it's so a heavy I mean, choice. That's a heavy choice to make as a 12-year-old. It is. No, it really is. Because, I mean, I, I – But then I, also, I, like – the other part for me too was like, what what is he putting his parents through? You know, like they're now they're watching their kid disappear in a fucking spaceship. Like, well, yeah, I mean, is there, if there's multiple timelines, then yeah. there's a, then there's a timeline where the kid went missing for eight years, came back for a day, and their fault. They just said, hey, yeah, go to yeah. Uh, I suppose it's on them. They didn't go with their damn kid to NASA. Like, that, go with I, your like kid. I don't know why the dad wouldn't be like, I'm spending every second here. Yeah. Like, no, I'm not gonna. I'm, and even no. the night they find him, they're, they're at the hospital. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna go get some sleep. It's like you just fucking saw your kid for eight years. He comes back. He's the yeah, same. Leave him with their You're gonna go take old. a nap. Like, what the hell? Yeah, you, you don't. Yep. No, you, you just stay with your kid. Sixteen yeah. year old. Um. The, yeah, that was an insane choice. That's really on there. But then, okay, then their kid. Flies the spaceship, gets off on a spaceship, and they never see him again. Yeah, so there's a timeline where that's it. Like they lose him twice, and then I I don't know what their I don't know what their next day would have been like. I I don't know what, how, what's how the, they would have processed. What's the lawsuit against NASA? If, like infinite amount of money, just like is, it, is, is alien spaceship strict liability? Is that I don't purely, know. Yeah. If you if it's, you it's like a dog bite. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> an exotic animal, right? Like if you have a pet tiger. And even if I walk into the cage and it claws me, you know, you get in trouble because strict liability. Um, I, <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it's crazy. But I mean, we get just this like, glimpse and there's the right, – <laughs> Eric, I got to ask. I, I wish you could have been there when you watched it. What was your reaction to the Beach Boys sequence? Uh, again, one of those things I loved as a kid. I loved the Beach Boys, him kind of jamming out and flying the spaceship, singing the Beach okay. Boys. We used to do that, listen to Beach Boys in our living room. and I love the Beach Boys, yeah. too, but watching it as a, as a grown man, what was your reaction now? Were you just, just nostalgic about it? Yeah, kids having fun. Although I will say, I hope we can have a conversation. I hate to sit rag on a little kid. He's not that great in this movie, looking back on it, like acting-wise. All the performances are, are okay. Yeah. But not great. They're just kind of earnest and kind well, of. Eh. And it's. I think it's what makes ET work so well is that that kid is really Henry good. Henry Thomas is incredible. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, he's great. And it, it's just the difference between the two, 
kid actors. And again, it's hard to rag on a little kid for not being a great actor. No. There's the no. one scene where he's crying, which they clearly like sprayed stuff in his eyes. He's not really crying. No, I don't crying think. command is very difficult to do. Like yeah. Henry Thomas could do it. I, I mean, I, I don't know. On YouTube, I think I once saw his audition footage for E.T. And he's just like in a room reading about how he doesn't want them to take away his alien. And he like just starts crying. And you're like, well, oh, and then didn't Spielberg like whisper shit in his ear to make him freak out and stuff like or no that was drew barrymore didn't he do that to drew barrymore to make her freak out i think there's so because she was story. younger yeah she was just say, like, really little there's like yeah. a video of him saying then him turning to like oh shit i probably shouldn't have like done that like he scared this little girl <laughs> but she got a got a great performance out of her um yeah no i it's clear i mean every it's everybody in this movie i mean nobody nobody gives a memorable performance i the only reason sarah Jessica Parker's memorable is just because it's her. I mean, she's there reading a few lines, hitting on him, talking about what's changed. That ridiculous line, like, what do you want? Coke, Diet Coke, Cherry Coke, Coke Free? I'm just like, okay. It's going to get a lot worse. If that's you still have a Cokes. Big Mac, don't you? Yes. They're talking about old TV shows. I, was it Starsky and Hutch that he wanted to watch or something? Yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, man. Um, but like, oh, if you think that's too many Cokes, just, just wait. You're going to get, like, quadruple that amount of cokes um in the next few decades so it's going to get crazier um but yeah nobody i mean nobody is it's just perfunctory nobody's abysmal but yeah nobody's yeah he, he's earnest it's it's fine i mean paul rubin might give the best performance of anybody um, <laughs> just his voice yeah i mean i damning with faint praise really there um it's just i mean this is the first thing is it wasn't enough of of any one thing it was just kind of they threw little bits in and again it's a kids movie so the usual caveats apply but um it was just it's not quite a comedy there's not really that action adventure stuff there's almost no action sequences other than we see the ship flying then it's just him arguing with max max is again the name of the ai and it looks like the it looks like the eye from return of the jedi when they're going to java's palace if anybody can have that image in mind when like the droids first go to the palace and this robotic eye comes out and sasses C-3PO and R2-D2, the eye of Max looks exactly the same. Um, but, so know, it is, is that a robot? So the spaceship is not a sentient like being, right? It's... It, well, yeah. Well, Max is. He's a, he's an artificial intelligence. I don't, I okay. mean, he controls the ship. So it's it may like not a, even be an alien civilization. It may just be like an AI, you know, art, well, artificial... Sure. We don't even know if it's an actual alien. I know. Well, that, that's one of the things. They don't explore. I mean, again, it's a kid's movie. I know I've said that a bunch of times, but they explore. Um, they don't explore that enough. Because, like, okay, what what happened on, on Phalanx? Like, what did they do with David? They took him to the planet and back. I got that part. That's it. We don't know. Pro- like, they probed him. They must have probed they weren't him. Like, he wasn't like, what did you do to me? Yeah. Not curious about that. And like, wh- what? Why didn't you ask my consent? There, I, you know, you could have. Yeah, he's not mad enough. Like you, like you destroyed my life. Right. Like, he's he's not. It, yeah. it doesn't go that direction. It doesn't deconstruct. They become friends really quick, which is fine. And if they became friends, that and they had more zany adventures, and he had to try to explain human culture and why humans do things. There's a movie there because he he tries to explain things to the robot, and it it's kind of confused. It doesn't know what peeing is for some reason. That's another one. Like. How would you get life forms and not know that they defecate? Isn't that a thing like all life forms are going to do? So they have to yeah, break true. down food to and then create waste? I don't think that's a uniquely Earth problem. Those little creatures would have had to probably, right? They eat, you know. Those right, they said they're hungry, yeah. right, yes. Yeah. And they, they do something with that food. So they're like, wow, I, I don't know anything. What's, what's going on? What are you doing? Because he, he has to have the spaceship stop to pee. And I, I remember thinking that was super funny as a kid, I have to say. The whole like needing privacy and then the artificial intelligence moves at a cow. I thought that was just really, really first rate comedy as a kid. But now I watch them like, oh, I feel like that's actually kind of wasted. I think there's a lot of potential there. Um, I said, not, the idea of this super smart AI being rendered to the maturity of a 12 year old boy, I think that's funny. And then David would have to, you know, help it understand reality and mature. Um, that, that, that to me is like, oh, that, that's where I would, if I were doing a remake, that's where I'd spend more of my time. Get them on the spaceship sooner. Shocking. They never did a remake. That's crazy. I've heard rumors. I think I saw somewhere on Google there, uh, 
there's allegedly going to be a remake. Um, yeah, just one of those ever super, super popular. Let's see here. Flight of the Navigator remake. This is um, Disney. I mean, yeah, here's the top hit on Google. Disney reboot, reboot Flight of the Navigator with Bryce Dallas Howard. Okay. This is an announcement from September of last year. Probably um, a Disney Plus show. I could see that. Like, oh, flying around I'm sure. Spaceship. Sure. And there could be, but that, that's the funny part because uh, they're, they're, and they're arguing. It was just, th- that was also absurd. Like they have to argue about how to get to Fort Lauderdale. They're on like the U S yeah. How does the, the spaceship not have maps of the, it has star charts, but I guess maybe yeah. it just doesn't know earth. Like it, it knows how to get from planet to planet. But it went in all of NASA's databases and, you know, searched for planets that they knew and they didn't, you know, well, I thought that went the other way. I thought NASA pulled that out of David's brain. So it I had think it went start. both ways, because maybe because they was, were like, "Oh, look, these are uncharted systems. We don't know anything about these planets," which is also like, "Oh man, I really wish we would have gotten more of the scientist's perspective about how big of a discovery it is." And well, how, then how it's a rival, right? Then then the movie becomes a rival. Well, it doesn't have to become a rival. I mean, it just it can, he can still be wrong to like imprison a twelve-year-old boy and try to like you know steal a spaceship and do whatever he's going to do with it but have a little bit about how momentous this discovery is. I mean, this is crazy stuff they're discovering. Like, oh, here's another planet where there's aliens or artificial intelligence or something incredible, like direct evidence of that. Wow, that's amazing. I get why he would, uh, a scientist might make the calculus. Yeah, he's a kid, but he's already screwed up. And this is way bigger than this kid's problems. That's like, the, I could see that. I, I would want to hear the ethics of that articulated in a conversation Sure. Um, somewhere, but again, this is, this is me being an adult. As a kid, kids movie doesn't really matter. Um, but I, I also say he doesn't like. Apparently, he doesn't like mariachi mu- music. I was just going to go back to the. the oh, yeah. He says no to classical, classical music yeah. and no to mariachi music. It's like, oh, buddy. And then he has this really hilarious dance sequence with uh, which which Beach Boy song is it? I keep forgetting. I get around, is it? Oh, I get around. I get around. Yeah. Yes, that one. That's right. And they dance. And they have this. Very silly dance sequence inside of the the navigator, but that's that was silly. I mean, I I probably yeah. thought that was the coolest thing I'd ever seen when I was five. I mean, I was probably, yeah. Oh, I loved oh, it as a kid. I I got to be honest. I went to my phone at that part when the that came up on the movie. that song. No, no, I just I did something else. Like, so like I don't I don't want to watch this right now. So. Because I saw it now. My point is, like, is like, oh, it's kind of embarrassing. Yeah, no. I, I, I mean, I pulled out my phone and looked away because I didn't want to watch Oh, you didn't want to ruin yeah. the memory of like. No, I just did. didn't. I, no, I had forgotten okay. about it completely. Oh, no, I, I did you, not. That, I, that's one of the parts I remember the most. I had that. forgotten almost everything other than there's creatures and then the, the, you know, ship opening up. It's like completely sealed shut. And then part of it comes open and creates the stairs. That was almost all I remembered from this movie. Um and I saw that. I was like, "Oh boy, oh boy." I, I, I probably loved that as a kid. I mean, I vaguely remember loving this kid, but as it now, I'm like, "Oh, it's just kind of embarrassing." Like, why? Why would <laughs> he's a 12 year old kid in 1978? We'll give him credit for 78. Just super into the Beach Boys, I guess. I don't know. But uh, uh, I do want to highlight two other things, and I don't know how often these happen in movie. I love this. I love the early movie psychouts. Right, I don't know how much they happen anymore, but like the movie this came out in '86. Oh, the, the Navigator. You gonna talk about like the the frisbee that looked like a spaceship and then yeah, it, it, it uh, looks on a it's a frisbee, yeah. but we don't know that it looks like it's a UFO. And yeah, it's like a silver frisbee. Yeah, it looks yeah. like oh, here's a spaceship landing, and then it cuts to a very very silly like this 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 movie opens with. A frisbee catching comp. A lot, lot of dogs catching frisbees in this movie. Like, a, lot. a lot. Yeah. It looked like stock footage, and David's dream is to have his dog become good at frisbee. Because then you see like, it later on, or later on, his older brother is throwing the frisbee. There's well, a yeah, lot of dogs. It. Yeah, a lot yeah. of dogs catching frisbees in this movie. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was clear he was like doing that for his to, to keep his brother's dream alive or whatever. Like, I'm going to teach the dog since David's not around to be able to teach this dog to catch a frisbee. So that's that's his heart's desire. And his little brother's like, that dumb dog's never going to be able to catch a frisbee. Is so. He is too. It's like so nerdy. But yeah, it, it, we don't know. And then you see the dog catch it. And then we get another one right at the end of the competition. We see like the shadow and everybody looking up. 
Oh, the sound blimp. Of, yeah. And it's a Goodyear blimp. And you're like, oh, yeah. okay. I, I like the. I don't know that how never happens that. anymore. The fake outs. You're right. That is like a I, I didn't miss, that. That made me a little nostalgic for like, oh, that used to be a thing. Like, you know what the theme's going to be about, and oh, like, is this where we? Oh no, we're not setting it up. It's just a blimp. Don't worry about it. We'll get to the other stuff later. Does it? Does Independence Day do that? I'm trying to think. Maybe it's been a long you, time. You know that you know that the aliens are coming, and then they don't yet. Ah, uh, maybe maybe not. No, but yeah, I feel like that was a thing that used to be a lot more common in movies. Like, hey, we're you know what this movie's about. You know, we know what you want, but we're gonna tease you a little bit. We're gonna give you a little, little bit of a tease. That was just one thing that I was like, oh man, I remember those. Those used to happen all the time. Uh, uh, so the guy that directed this movie, uh, Randall Kleiser, Kleiser, yeah. he also directed the Big Top Peewee that you were just ragging on. So throw some shade towards our guy Randall Kleiser who directed. It's not as good as Tim Burton's. Two two Sorry. years later. Uh, he also, like you said, he directed um, Grease. Grease, which is weird. And then he did the Honey, I Blew Up the Kids. So he did the sequel to Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. This guy yeah. just cashing checks doing sequels over here. Yeah, doing inferior sequels to yeah. popular, uh, yeah. And then really nothing else of note. White Fang, I remember that movie as I a vaguely kid. remember White Fang. But, but yeah, nothing not, else. Not in our tour. I just, I don't know. No George Lucas. Uh, well, no. Um, it's, yeah, so it's just a weird eclectic mix of movies because Gre- Greece and you wouldn't think Greece and Flight of the Navigator have anything in common. Really. Blue Lagoon was a big deal. That's I think all. so. I mean, I, don't, I was one or whatever when it came right. out, but yeah, it was I a mean, big yeah, deal. These, these are movies that made money and were kind of yeah. hits. Um, but I mean, it's it's a it's a quirky little movie, um, very idiosyncratic. I mean, what what uh, this what this made me think about is and and. How often do live action movies for kids happen now that aren't like Marvel or Star Wars, like literally like kids movies that are like live real a- little kids? Because this is the thing I kept watching this thing. This is not this isn't. A no, I, I didn't like want to show my kid. I didn't want to show my kids because I was like, oh, I know there's a parent stuff that, that might freak them out a little bit. Like, I think they'd be fine. Well, I mean, I, I my kids have seen a lot worse than this. Oh, I'm but, sure. Um, but I I I, hesit, I was hesitant to show it to him. But like live action kids movies just don't happen anymore. Well, I'm just trying to think, and this is for like real little kids. I mean, most of the stuff that we do think for like a four year old, and this is a movie I think really is geared towards like four or five year olds. I, I honestly, I don't even think like by the time I was twelve, I probably was way done with this movie, and I just had matured. I'm put, putting that in quotes. Past it. Um, I thought about showing my almost seven year old the movie, and and if circumstances had kind of manifest themselves i might have given it a try but is et a kids movie yeah i think so it, and and you're saying in a different way than this is i think i would say it's the same audience they're trying to gear it towards the same audience well i, I think et is well it's just a lot better i don't yeah, sure it's way better and so i think it's appeal works a lot more but i watched et a few years ago in um i watched it with we watched it with the family the kids didn't like well, it <laughs> sure Sure. I mean, it's a, it was a stressful movie. I mean, I watched it at a theater at the Riverside. In, oh, uh, all right. They, they did like a midnight thing. You know, yeah. show some classic movie. I remember my wife was out of town and no kids at that point. So it's like, all right, I'm just going to go see E.T. I'm going to go out and have a couple of beers and then go watch E.T. Like, like a dork, um, like David. Um, but it's a, a, a real butt face, real butt face. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, oh, and like those insults I probably thought were so funny. <laughs> Scuzz bucket. Oh, I bet that. Oh, I bet that landed with five-year-old Ben so well. As um, but ET felt like it really did feel like a kids' movie. I mean, it's really good. Um, did you ever see the movie Searchers or Explorers? Explorers. Ethan Hawke. Uh, it came out like around the same time as this. No, I didn't see a, it. A kid and his buddies get on a spaceship and they go to outer space and they have this like adventure. Um. Yeah, very similar movie. That that again is same audience. There was all these like sci-fi movies for boys. They were all for boys, right? Well, right. Yes, they they're not not interested in the female perspective at all. Um, but it's like true. adult boys making movies for their younger selves. You know what I mean? Kind of, like, yeah, that makes sense. But what, I guess to get to your point, I mean, I kind of agree. I mean, there are kids movies, but they're not sci-fi typically in live action. It's stuff like Diary of a Wimpy Kid is a few years old, right? Or that that series been around. Alexander, no good, very bad day. 
the yes. I mean, there are these these like family comedy kind of things, but which are oh, shucks, family's tough, but great. And it's funny. And the parents usually get knocked around and there's, you know, all sorts of physical comedy in it. Um, those are like the only examples I can think of for like a live action. Otherwise, yeah, it's almost all animated. But like, yeah, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Like that kind of movie doesn't come out anymore, right? Is there no, even a movie No, that's another like that? sci-fi adventure movie. Yeah. And I watched that with my daughter and she actually really liked it. I mean, it's not her favorite movie of all time, but she was hooked and watched it and was engaged the whole time. I mean, a lot of people would argue that like the Marvel Star Wars stuff is for kids. Like those are kids well, movies. Kind and they, of. they kind of are. But They're like, kind of childish, yeah. I mean, you know, it, Endgame is not like not this, you know what I mean? It's not Endgame's a PG-13 movie like like whereas this, you know, it's not it, there's some hard themes to it, but there's no violence or anything yeah, like that in it. Maybe Marvel has supplanted all this and just subsumed it cuz I mean if I had seen a Marvel movie when I was 5, I mean I would have been Right, I would rather watch that than this, you know, as a kid. I suppose. I don't know, but this but this this really I admit maybe who knows. I would have had a harder time relating to those characters, but um, I just would have thought they were cool because they're blowing stuff up and they have awesome abilities. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, they don't, the last one I can think of, and this it was an homage was JJ Abrams, super eight in like 2009. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And that was clearly like, but that's more like doing, a young adult Goonies esque kind of mode. A little movie. bit. Sure. And older. Older for sure, yeah. not like, for, but but that's the closest I think you get is people doing like Stranger Things, Stranger that, Things, right? But that those movies, the Stranger Things especially, and even Super Eight are probably like movies for adults who watch those movies in the past. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, that's what like, Marvel is too, yeah. As opposed to, hey, this is a new thing that kids will like, and they might like Super Eight or not, but it, it's really like we're playing up on the people who used to watch these kind of things. So they're they're you know. They're doing a. It's like the new new Ghostbusters, like you're saying. That has kids in it, but it's for adults that watched Ghostbusters as kids. Sure, and I haven't seen that movie, and I doubt unless you. It's like the third time we've talked about it too. I haven't seen it either. And it's like I, I my brother-in-law saw it. I nothing about his reaction made it seem like I want to spend two hours watching that movie. Like I can always just go back and watch the original Ghostbusters. It's still around. It still exists, and they're probably not ever going to do any better than that. Like there's, I, it's unlikely they'll ever have a movie that's that great. But Short um, Circuit was another movie. Oh yeah. Like in that era of, you know, for boys, for kids movie basically with sci-fi elements to it. But it's the see, I mean, yeah, so now you got my brain racing. Did you, did you ever see a movie called Batteries? I know we're now kind of off. Yeah, topic, Batteries not included. Oh yeah. That yeah. was about old people and these weird little that's like true, alien yeah. robots thing. So it did kind of bleed out. I love that movie though. You know, it was all about old kids or old kids, old people. Um. That wasn't a problem for me because those little things I thought were really, really cute and I really, but yeah, there's a little phase. Uh, yeah. Like just a, a window of time in the eighties and early nineties where you'd have that. And even, even in the nineties, I don't remember too many. I mean, by the nineties, it, no, it's, it's like 85 to 90. It was like all these movies kind of popped out. It's yeah, post ET. I think it's most, it's all post ET. Everybody's probably. trying to make ET. That's probably true. I think that, that I think there's a lot of truth to that ET. I mean, killed it and was beloved critically. And then, it's like, hey, how do we how do we do this? There's this crazy market of people wanting to watch this stuff. Um, but it's definitely, I mean, yeah, it's definitely lost. I mean, I'm not lost. It's still around. Like, it's just not how people make movies anymore. They don't make them like that anymore. I don't want to sound too crotchety, but it's true. So I don't know. All right. So Eric, I'm kind of running out of things to say about Flight of the Navigator. I don't know. You got anything else you want to? No, let's jump to our letterbox ratings. Yeah, well, why don't you start off the the letterbox review? Yeah, th- this was another tough one because it's like you you try to look at it the, as the eyes of a young per, young kid, like when you originally saw it, and and you know, and not to be too critical of it. So like, I, I, I try to take it for what it is, right? It's sure. a kids movie. It, you know, it's an '80s kids movie, so I gave it three stars. Um, just again, trying to put. The fact that they don't make these movies, it's an original story. It's sci-fi. There's we talked about the special effects are very good for for the era. Kid acting's not so great, but I hate to ding I, it I for kid I don't acting. I think any of the acting's great. Yeah, none of the acting's. These parents aren't that great either. Um, and nobody emotes much at all. Um, no, especially for how dramatic it is. Everybody's yeah, so flat all the time. Yeah, it's yeah. true. 
so yeah, I gave it three stars. I, I, when I was a kid, I I, I liked this movie a lot. There, I, I remember the things that scared me about it, so I didn't love it as a kid. It wasn't like one of those that we wa- watched over and over and over again. Um, yeah, I, that's all. I guess all I have to say about it. Three stars. Fair, fair enough. Okay. So I so seeing this movie, it, it kind of two thoughts came to mind. One, I was reminded why I loved it so much as a kid. I was able to remember and remember like, oh yeah, this, I, I remember why this, I mean, hearing the music, I, we didn't talk about the music much, but I did like some of those sounds. I'd hear like the spaceship sounds, like the synthy weird stuff. I was like, oh yeah. Okay. This used to be part of my life. I remember loving this movie so much. I remembered, but I also then remembered or kind of understood why I completely moved on from this movie. And I reached a point in my life where like, it just like stopped having any relevancy whatsoever. So I got both of those things in watching it. So it was very, very, yeah, it's frustrating because it is an original idea. It doesn't do anything particularly bad, but it doesn't do anything particularly good. I I like the ambiance. I like the visual effects. But it just feels like a movie for really young people, which is fine. I wonder if it had been like, if you think about it, it's like an adult. If an adult got, same thing happens to him, and he comes back and his family's gone. And it's like like you play into the drama of that, and it's not some funny Pee Wee Herman voiced robot that's in the spaceship. It's like really a serious drama. Like there's something there. There is a core of like a really dramatic sci-fi movie to it. Yeah, I feel like you could go either direction. I mean, there's a lot of different directions to go. Like they don't quite go any of the directions, and they kind of just play it very safe and tepid. I feel like this is very tepid because yeah, they don't play it as a serious, scary deep intellectual movie and it doesn't have to because like i said i mentioned i mentioned interstellar there's they play on that where he meets his like mom or wait his daughter who's like older than his mom would be and there's just that whole dramatic part about you know how do you reconcile that yeah and and that would be one direction to go another one you could go into the comedy more um make it about a kid with some weird computer and they the computer goes haywire downloads his consciousness or gets weird and there's more goofy weird stuff and they have more interactions because i did think the stuff with him and max was the stuff that i thought worked the best really um like their interchange i mean he seemed way more mature than i would have been as a 12 year old i i wouldn't have had those kind of conversations with him but like there's a, a back and forth as he's kind of trying to teach this ai about the human condition uh, go that direction either but it doesn't quite do anything particularly well it's just got a few of these little bits of ideas which is probably as, as much as you could process as a four or five year old i mean it worked for me because they have these little bit of things that they don't go too much into detail it wouldn't have worked for me as a serious drama as a five-year-old but it, I, i'm at a three as well basically i was basically two and a half and i give it the half star because one it's a kid's movie so the fact that it doesn't work for me as well as it used to is really not a meaningful criticism and the half star is really for nostalgia because i i just liked it and i i I do want to reward it for being a you know an original idea and something that's it's kind of an et knockoff it's kind of these other things but it's also got enough originality and original voice that it's i want to like it more but it's like i watched it i had fun watching it and then i was like i stepped away it's like oh man i've almost completely forgot that i just watched that movie i mean i had that like just wasn't retaining information because it just doesn't quite go anywhere um and it's like i mean the only tension is the family stuff so um yeah i mean we're, we're in lockstep it was, it was very similar uh, it was a movie like yeah i mean i wouldn't recommend it to adults who have never seen it in 2022 i mean i just you know like you're not gonna hate it you've seen worse movies for sure but it's like yeah there's just not anything in there for you i don't think let's try to see if the, what the box office was on this movie so it made 18 million and the budget was 9 million in wikipedia so not uh, like a gigantic hit, but it made money. Du- double, I mean, doubled its yeah, doubled its yeah, I mean, production. It, made, it only made eight million dollars in 1986. I mean, I, that's fine. This is a different era where that would happen. Like you spend less than ten million, you make some million. You, you came out ahead. You weren't like, hey, we have to make a movie that makes a billion dollars and funds every other movie for the rest of the year, the rest of the slate. I mean, this is. Well, with inflation, I mean, that's, you know, no, it's, it's, it's a good return. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a good return. I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't think they were happy with it. I mean, I, you know, I don't think it like ruined this guy's, the director's career or anything like, Hey, all right, we're in the green. Um, yeah, I, I mean, want some I, more yeah. Pee Wee Herman. You got any more Pee Wee Herman in there? Hi, Eric. 
Yeah. What's the word of the day? Compliance. Yay. I don't remember. I know there used to be a word of the day in Pee Wee's Playhouse. It's the thing I have to research more what Pee Wee Herman would say. I can maybe do I can do the tone and cadence, but I don't I don't have the dialogue down. I don't hardly remember what he used to say. Uh, you got it. You got the only it. I remember is I know you ever what am I? I know you ever what am I? Uh, should we should we switch over to the five well, degrees yeah. field dreams? Yeah, let's do five degrees of field of dreams. We There's a lot. First. Okay, yeah, a lot of choices for this. You can go a lot of different directions. Um, so I started with the dad. Okay. Uh, Cliff DeYoung is his name. He's in a ton of things. Uh, yeah, he's just one of those guys you recognize his face. Yeah, he's, he's never the star. Sure. He's just around. Yeah. Just one of those like stalwarts who's just always in these small parts for yeah, if you, you look at his filmography he's like on tv he, this dude was just working from like the 80s 90s into the 2000s um so he was in a movie called glory uh i don't know if you've seen that like a, that it's the civil, a war movie? civil war movie yeah no i've not seen it with denzel washington and and um, morgan freeman Ferris bueller is yep. Ferris bueller in that one okay yep yep uh yeah, there's a sarah jessica parker connection because they're married Oh, okay. Didn't didn't make that connection. So I went with Denzel Washington. Who I think didn't he win an Oscar for Glory? Yes, he did. Best supporting, supporting actor, I think. And then yep. he would win for a Training Day and right. Yeah, but. Uh, he's he's really good in, in Glory. Uh, he's also in a movie called Siege or The Siege. I don't know if you saw that. Bruce Willis is in that. I actually like that movie. I don't think I have. It's like a uh, was it post nine eleven? No, it was before nine eleven. But it's like a terrorist attack in New York. Uh, Annette Benning is in the siege and she's in a movie called open range, which was directed by Kevin Costner and stars Kevin Costner and he's in field of dreams. All right. So I'm going to a quick, very quick open range anecdote. I've never seen open, open range. Um, but there was a, a movie theater in the, is in Pleasant Hill for anybody in the central Iowa area. That was the one we used to go to It's the closest one for me and my friends to go to. And one time we went to some movie. It was the late. It was almost always the late, the latest showings we'd go to. Um, I don't remember what we saw, but we left the theater, and we saw on the ground a reel of film, like an actual. Oh yeah. Like a circle, you know, the, yeah. the circle with the film wrapped around sure. it. Sure. Like a can- the canister thing. Yes. Yeah. And we we didn't know what the movie was, but we did some research and we're like looking at it, and we figured out it was Open Range. Um, and I, you know, I think we ended up calling them and returning it. It was like somebody, yeah, had just dropped a print. Like of in the range. parking lot? Yeah. Somebody had like driven off or was supposed to take them away or was done for its run or whatever. I don't know. And you saved it. it. Yeah, I guess. Um, it was, it was that would probably exciting. be worth money now if you had that. The actual. Oh, sure. I'm sure. Sell it back to Kevin Costner. Well, there were several of us and I, I don't know what I would have done with it. It would have been just cool to have. Um, but anyway, that's <laughs> Very random. Whenever Open Range came out, I'm guessing it had to be the early 2000s. 2003. Yep, that's right when uh, we were finishing up high school and getting ready to start college. So that's that's perfect. Um, all right. So you went with the dad. I actually went with the mom, Veronica Cartwright, and she is not a name you probably recognize, but you have seen her in movies that are really really good. You know, so, I couldn't. I could. I, I thought she was. She she's not the Twin Peaks lady, right? I don't that's a think di- so. Georgia's mom from Seinfeld, that's a different lady, right? Oh, yeah, that's a different one. Okay. So Veronica Cartwright, so she's in Alien, is probably the most oh, one. She's one of the crew. Oh, yes, yes, she's, 100%. And she's, she's excellent in Alien. Yes, she's um, very good in that, yeah. Um, she's also in the, well, if you believe, you believe what NASA wants you to say, the space, uh, the movie about the space program, the right stuff, she's in that. Uh, I think she's the wives, wife of one of the astronauts. She's also in the remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Donald Sutherland. She's in a bunch of stuff. Um, so I saw her in a and I was like, all right, I want to acknowledge her. But the, the the deeper cut, when she was really young, she was in The Birds, the Alfred Hitchcock movie. Really? Yes. So that's my first movie is I'm going from Flight of the Navigator to The Birds. Um, Who was she in The Birds? Was she a little was, kid? She was an 11-year-old or yeah, something okay. like that. So one of the girls, I, I don't yeah. remember – name and I, I mean i wouldn't have recognized her i mean i just got it from imdb i haven't seen the birds since i was in high school but um she's in the birds i desperately wanted to try to get um is it is it tippy hedron she's in the birds um 
and that's uh, Minnesota's own Tippy Hedren, but I couldn't couldn't make the connection, so I had to go a different route. This is a guy Rob Taylor, who's also in a few things, not like a superstar, but in the 50s and 60s. Um, he was in a movie called uh, Separate Tables in 1958. I've not seen it, but it's one of those movies where you, they get a bunch of stars and they all have small parts and small little like narratives in a bigger movie. Um, he's actually in, the, in that movie with Burt Lancaster, but we, we got to go through another movie. Oh, first, yeah. So we can't make too quick of a connection. Um, but so Burt Lancaster is in separate tables with Deborah um, Kerr, Carr. I'm not sure I'm saying your last name right, but uh, they did two other movies together. The one I'm going to go with, uh, with Burt Lancaster and Deborah Kerr is From Here to Eternity, which won Best Picture in 1953. Um, very few people have probably seen it. Um, it's got an early Frank Sinatra performance, but they probably they maybe have seen one scene from that movie. So if you've ever seen like old movie footage and you've seen the picture of like the man and woman making out on the beach with the waves coming over them in black and white, if you've ever seen that image, it was probably from in From Here to Eternity. Um, that's Burt Lancaster and Deborah Kerr. So and Burt Lancaster is obviously in uh, Field of Dreams. This is going to highlight From Here to Eternity. I was trying to go backwards and try to get some older movies. So those are those are my five connections. Nice. Yeah, but, Nice work. Yeah. Uh, all right. So anything else, any closing thoughts on flight of the navigator? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I'm glad I rewatched Disney plus, it. Right. We mentioned it's on Disney plus. Oh, yeah, it's you, on Disney you know, plus. I mean, yeah. I'm glad I rewatched it. Cause there's a movie. It, it well, was, why did you pick it? Did we talk about that? I can't remember. We did. It was, it was one. Cause I just remember I wanted to love it. it and seeing yeah. it. And then again, like I, I, I'm not, I'm trying to, I don't want to overplay it, but it just completely escaped my consciousness for like, two decades i probably like just stopped thinking about the movie and remembering that i'd ever seen it and then i just saw the image on disney plus i was like oh my gosh yes those some of those memories that i just had dissipated were like just right there have you ever like had like you hear a song and you hadn't heard it or thought about it for 10 years and you're like oh my god i loved that song is it like that kind of it was exactly that like oh you're like oh yeah this this Used to be a song that would play. Right. I think that I think of like, and, not, and, not, and even if it's something I don't love, like Whitey Ford sings the blues. Like, I really don't know what it's like to sing the blues. Oh, I love I that know. song. Uh, th- Bill, Everlast? Song, you about Everlast? Everlast is great. Is that, yeah. I think that song oh, is called Everlast. Whitey Ford sings the blues. Yeah. yeah but it's a, it a song I I liked it at the time. And it's called I, What It's gonna... Like, I think. But that oh, was the, al- the album was called Whitey Ford sings the blues. Oh, got it. Okay. See, there we go. Um, but that was a song was I used a, to really this, like, and then, then I, you hear it and you're like, oh my god, I used to listen to this song all the time. Right. And but I don't, a, I, it's never on a playlist now for me. I don't ever like pick it. There was a song by a band called Space Hog that it's it's got this like riff. I can't even sing it right now, but it was one of those like I heard it and I was like, oh that song, I remember loving it, and then I couldn't find it, and I didn't like write down the name of it, and then I f- would forget about it, and it would come back up, and every time I hear it, it was like one of those '90s one-hit wonder song, but. Yes, it's there's, there's one of those things that like fills your brain and it brings you back to well, re- remember how much you loved it. And it's like I thought I would go that direction. I had some other more pedantic directions to go with it, but it's like, all right, you know, I really just want to see this one. I does it hold up? I, I barely remember it, but I used to love it. I know how much I used to love this movie, and I saw it several times. It was in there in the pantheon of movies I saw as much as like Star. I mean, it was just a movie I saw all the time. I, you know, I might have seen it double-digit times and then completely forgot about it. It's like, what's that about? Did you have, like, the VHS tape or you just recorded it off TV? I or? think we probably recorded it off of TV yeah. or it was just on It was know, on a lot, cable. if I remember right. Yeah. It was probably a cheap movie that, you know, yeah. stations could play. Like, here, you know, well, we'll give you Fly the Navigator for 50 grand and you can play it as much as you like and that'll fill a two-hour time slot and you can sell ad space. But, yeah, I mean, it was just a movie I, I saw a bunch and it's like, man, I want to... I want, it's like... Was that one of the one of the Disney vaulted movies? Remember where they would like vault their movies? You'd get the like VHS. Uh, you could only buy it for like stupid. a month, and then they'd pull it out. That's like all stupid. the animated um, movies. I don't think so. I don't remember it ever being on DVD. I mean, maybe it was. I, I guess we could probably see Flight of the Navigator on DVD. It might. I mean, I don't remember it ever being available. And if it was, I'd have been like, oh, I don't care about this movie. I mean, I don't think I'll ever probably watch it again. I'm glad I, I visited revisited it as a you know my middle age, but. It's like, yeah, I mean, it's it had a time and place, and it's not that time and place anymore. Cool. All right, well, so so next week we have another special episode. A guest is joining the Pot of Dreams. We have a real-life film critic joining us. His name is Brian Eggert. He, uh, has a, he's a blogger. He writes for Deep Focus Review. He's a 
Uh, Rotten Tomatoes approved critic. An honest to God person who dictate who, who contributes to that score. Yes, exactly. So what he writes his his rating on movies, you know, dictates that score. On Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, read his Northman review. I saw the Northman this week, and he wrote a great review of the movie. Um, it's, it's a good movie, really good movie. He's also a member of the Minnesota Film Critics Alliance. So, uh, yeah, so like a big time film film critic. And he picked a certain movie for next week. And so Ben's going to do a little trivia to, to figure out what movie that is. And you can follow along and see if you can guess it, too. So here we go. So, five, again, five clues. Each clue will kind of get a little easier towards the, the movie. You get the one guess, Ben. If you get it wrong, you're done. You're out. We're going to kick you out of the spaceship. You're going to be done. So Inception. Uh, are you ready to go? No, it was not Inception. Oh, I can't guess anymore. He, my he picked this movie. He oh, picked okay. it, not me. Oh, okay. I didn't pick it. This was 100% his choice. Sure. Okay, clue number one. It is a science fiction film that earned over $350 million worldwide. Okay. Uh, no guesses. There's too many options so far. Okay. It was only nominated for one Academy Award, and it was Best Sound Editing. Okay. Didn't help you? No. No. Okay. Uh, number three, clue number three. Loosely based on a 1956 Philip K. short story, and this movie was released in 2002. And I, I don't, I mean, I. I no guess? You don't want to give your no, guess? No, I'm not, not going to guess yet. You got something out there? You got something? I have something, but the okay. year doesn't match up, but go ahead. Okay. Uh, number four, clue number four. Both the star and the director, big-time star, big-time director, uh, agreed to take 15% of the gross in lieu of uh, getting paid anything to be in the movie to keep the budget under $100 million. Okay. Not helping you? No. Okay, last clue. The plot of the movie is, in 2054... Police utilize uh, psychic technology to convict murderers before they commit okay. the crime. Got it. Okay. Minority Report. That is correct. Minority Report is correct. That is the movie that Brian Egger picked for next week, and it's what we'll be watching on the Pod Dreams. I think it is on Peacock for all you Peacock subscribers. I think there's a free version, right? Can't you get in there and watch stuff with ads? On Peacock? I don't know. Some stuff, maybe. I don't think you can get anything. I don't know. I don't know. Why don't you, you Peacockers tell us? <laughs> but yeah, okay. So next week, Brian Eggert, Deep Focus Review, is on the pod. And we're watching Minority Report, Steven Spielberg's Minority Report. Check it out. Keep listening. Appreciate everybody listening to us talk about movies. We love it. We're, we're, anybody that supports us in any kind of way, we love it. Thank you for listening. Go Timberwolves! Timberwolves! Timberwolves!